serves health so our family. I have such an amazing episode today for you on the podcast, and I am chatting with Shanti Zach. You have probably heard that name before because she is the one who has done Rick Mulready, Jenna Kutcher, and Amy Porterfield's quizzes on their websites, and she is just all about finding high-end clients and charging high-end prices. So we are chatting all about how the heck does she land these clients, how much does she charge, all the mindset that goes around having high-end clients and charging high-end prices, how you can use quizzes in your service-based business, and what it looks like to niche down as a copywriter that does quizzes. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Serve, Scale, Soar family. I am so excited to be here today with Shanti Zach. Some of you probably have heard her name before because she is the quiz guru and she has created quizzes for all kinds of course creators and just people with big impact like Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher, Rick Mulready. And I am so excited for her to be on here today. And we are going to talk about quizzes. But what I think y'all want to know about is how the heck is she landing clients like Amy Porterfield? So hello, Shanti. Thank you so much for being on here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, soon as we, so we were both coaches for Rick Mulready's Impact, his membership that he used to have. And I remember hearing your intro that you had, your introduction or your bio. And I was like, mine needs work. Hers is really, really good. Of course, she's a copywriter. And then I was like, oh, and she's behind all these awesome quizzes. So tell us just a little bit about who you are as a person and then about your business. That's hilarious because I, every time I send my bio off to a podcast or to anyone, I'm like, oh my God, I need to rewrite my bio so bad. It's terrible. I don't know. I make a joke about collecting ornamental snails and drinking cab sab and I'm like, this is so bad. So thank you. Yeah, I run a business creating quizzes, which is the most random niche in the whole world. And I also teach others how to do that. All from my little house on a very remote island off the coast of Vancouver Island. So it's a pretty interesting life over here. I know. I love looking at your Instagram photos because you're always (laughs) like in a field with flowers and I'm like, oh, that looks so pretty. In the forest. Yeah, that's the price you pay for, well, we have two restaurants on the island, but a whole lot of beaches, so. Very cool. And you just recently got married, right? I did. I just recently eloped in Tofino on the beach, and my hubs and I are having having a little baby in like two weeks. And you have a son, right? And I have a five-year-old son. 
That's what I thought. So love yes. it. Okay. We have a lot of moms on here. So I always like to <laughs> talk about the family. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So quizzes, you said they are like this odd thing. So tell us how the <laughs> heck did you get started in the online space to begin with? Yeah. So actually I got started with a food blog. I had a paleo food blog that I started when my son was just a newborn. And before he was born, I was working as a chef and I really did not want to go back to work. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have a similar story. If they're moms, you have your baby and you're like, oh my God, how can I work from home? How can I make this happen? So I started this paleo food blog and I quickly realized that it's quite difficult to make a substantial amount of money with a blog. So I used it as a bit of a portfolio to get writing clients. And I started getting some consistent gigs writing content, mainly on like health and wellness. I know absolutely everything there is to know about intermittent fasting. <laughs> um, so I'm your gal if you've got questions about that. But yeah, I, I realized after a few months of writing these types of articles that this too wasn't very lucrative. And it was, it was like a lot of work. So then I discovered copywriting and, you know, people place a lot more value on copywriting than they do on content. And I discovered that and I just decided to go for it. So that's when I sort of pivoted. I made a website where I offered copywriting to mainly health and wellness businesses. And I rocked that roller coaster for a year before getting a full-time job working with like this spiritual development company as their copywriter. Very cool. So most of our listeners don't know this about me, but I started as a new mom and I started the online space writing a mom blog <laughs> and quickly found out that there is very little money in <laughs> blogs unless yeah. I, I'm sure there is, but it takes a lot longer than I had to make money. Yeah. So that's so funny that we started like very similar paths and found <laughs> yeah. ourselves providing done for you services. Okay. So you got started through a blog, then you're doing copywriting. So what led to the quiz funnels? Yeah. So when I was working with this spiritual development company, I was in charge of like all things lead generation from the top of funnel to the bottom of the funnel. I was writing the courses. It was full on. And before I joined them, they were just using like the typical free guide as a lead magnet, or like they would give people these audio meditations and stuff like that. And none of it was really performing very well. So we kept doing that for a while. And then I thought, well, why don't I just try something a little bit different? I'll try creating a quiz, even though I had never even thought of that before. And so I created this quiz and it was like, which of your chakras is blocked? It was, it was pretty basic. And looking back on it now, I just cringe because it's so different from anything I would create today. But regardless of that, 
it was super successful and we got like 10,000 new leads in one month. We spent like $500 on Facebook ads, practically paying nothing for these leads. And they were going into our nurture sequence and it was all working really beautifully. So I, that was my first taste of, okay, this, I might, maybe I'm onto something. And a few months later, I actually got laid off regardless of my quiz success. And I didn't really want to go back to running a copywriting business that was like, I mean, I was sort of niched down because I worked with health and wellness businesses, but at the same time, I was doing everything, like anything they wanted under the sun, and it was never very successful. Like, it always felt like a struggle. So I knew I needed to, like, niche much harder than just that, and I thought, okay, this quiz thing worked for this company. Maybe it will work in other industries for other people. So I just sort of ran with it. Oh, I love that. And we talk in my membership, we talk all the time about when you niche down, like where it's not just niching down one time, but you can niche down by industry and service and get very specific. And then when you do that, you can charge more. So that leads me into how the heck do you get clients like Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher, and Rick Mulready? Yeah, well, it's really funny because Jenna actually found me. It doesn't exist anymore, but copy hackers used to have this directory of conversion copywriters and you'd pay for it every month. It was a pretty small group of people. I mean, maybe there was like 25 copywriters listed on there, but they all kind of had like the copy hacker seal of approval. And Jenna found me through there and she reached out to me and was like, yo, I see you do quizzes. We really want to create a quiz. And so that was very random. And I don't think that happens too often, but it was amazing. And she introduced me to Amy and to all these other incredible clients. And Rick, actually, Kira Hug, who's an incredible copywriter, and she's half of the Copywriter Club she introduced me to Rick and I went on his podcast and after the podcast, he was like, yo, I want a quiz. So yeah, relationships. Ah, I love that. It's powerful. And I came through Rick's funnel with that quiz. (laughs) So I actually went through that quiz and then FBA manager and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, building relationships. And I talk about that all the time because I mean, because of my relationship with going through FB ad manager and showing up, that's how Rick's become a client. It's not like your Jenna Kutcher situation. I feel like it's very rare where it just like, Mm -hmm. he comes to you. So I want to backtrack to that. So when, I don't know the timeline, but when Jenna reached out to you, was she like Jenna Kutcher then, or was she still like, just becoming found or no, she was a big deal for sure. What was going through your head when, Oh, I totally freaked out. Yeah, it was, it was such a pivotal 
moment in my career because I knew if I like did a stellar job for her that it would lead to other opportunities, which it did. And yeah, I think we got on a call and I was just trying my best to be like super confident, even though on the inside I was freaking out. And at that point, I mean, my pricing was still like higher end. It wasn't what it is now, but it was high enough, I think, that like with those high-end clients, it's a red flag for them if your prices aren't high enough, right? Right. So it, it was like that sweet spot where for her, it was just like an instant easy yes. But for me, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to get like whatever it was, five grand to do this thing. And it was a big deal. I think that's huge for my listeners because pricing comes up and that's such a big topic. And that's why that's like the first thing we address when they come into the membership is how much should I be charging? And there is that sweet spot where if someone comes in and they are used to working with people that charge, you know, for you 5,000 or whatever, and then you come in at a thousand, that's like, what? That's not attractive to them. They want someone that's falling in that sweet spot where maybe you're probably not like the top, top dollar at that point, but like you're not the lowest either. And so knowing that just because your prices are higher, that doesn't mean you're not going to get hired. It could actually backfire if they're too low. So I Mm -hmm. think that's a great point. And then do you mind me asking, what do you charge now for a quiz? Now it's closer to like seven grand. And how long does it usually take you to do a quiz? I've seen your quizzes. They're like intense. They're intense. I I mean, the whole process is probably 20, 25 hours, I want to say. Okay. So typically your turnaround's a month? It's about a month. I have a package that's like, I get it done in 48 hours and basically it doesn't come with like everything and that package is still five grand but I think I'm going to retire it because it's too stressful (laughs) okay so I don't know if you watch Big Bang my husband watches Big Bang Theory and I just thought about where a lot of my listeners will know this where Penny has these Penny Blossom hair brets that she's making and they have rush delivery and they don't realize that it's on and it's like a hundred thousand in 24 hours. And I feel like that's what it would feel like to do a quiz in 48 <laughs> hours. It's like rush yeah. delivery. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I'll do like six hours one day and then six hours the next day. And by the end, I'm just totally zapped. Like, There's no creative juice left in my body. That's so funny. Okay. So I know that I want to get into quizzes, but before we get into quizzes, what are some tips that you have besides building those relationships of landing high-end clients? Well, I think the first thing is you have to kind of be in their sphere. Like you can't expect high-end clients to find you in the newsfeed or like what happened with Jenna where she found me that was very rare. And most of the time how I've gotten high end clients is actually just by being either like in their communities, in their courses, in their memberships, at their events, 
or being introduced to them by like a trusted person that they know. So having some kind of connection, um, like Kira with Rick, for example. Another way that is kind of surprising, it always surprised me, was there for a while I was really trying to get on a lot of podcasts. So I was pitching all these podcasts. I got on a few and almost every time I would get on a podcast, the host would end the interview and then be like, hey, so that actually sounds really cool. How can I work with you? Like that happened with John Lee Dumas after Entrepreneur on Fire. It happened with Rick and a few others. So if you just pitch yourself and put yourself out there, that's another way of getting those great clients. That's so funny because we actually have a podcast. It's going to be when yours launches, it will be done about with Angie Trueblood and she got me on podcast. And that's one of the tips that we give is that pretty much service providers are not pitching themselves to be on podcasts, but like you get on these podcasts and then they're like, Hey, wait, I need that. Like yeah. my biggest clients have come from me being on their podcast. And then they're like, Oh, you know what you're talking about when it comes to Facebook ads, like, can I hire you? And then they already have courses or whatever. So they're making money. And then that's been a great way for me as well to get clients. So we'll actually link Mm -hmm. that episode in the show notes, but that's so funny that you said that as well. Yeah. It surprised me because here I was thinking the clients would come from the listeners, Mm -hmm. which they, they do, but it's actually those like influencer podcast hosts that are like, oh yeah, you seem to know what you're talking about. Let's do this. And I think it's, you're having an hour long conversation with someone and it's not pitchy. It's like, you're just educating, you're educating their audience. So you're also educating them. And at the end of that, you've just had like the best sales call of your life. Yeah. Cause you're adding value to their audience And I usually can tell which ones are going to stay on at the end and ask me questions because they start like digging deep into like these questions that you know are not like for the general. It's like for them specifically. So totally webinar lead cost in this like specific niche? And I'm like, oh, they're going to want to do a discovery call. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So funny. That's awesome. Okay. So then one thing I do want to backtrack is you talked about like getting on the phone with Jenna And was there ever a moment where you felt like the fear of maybe like, what if I do this and it doesn't work out? Or what if I don't get her the results she wants? Like, did you have any of those mindset issues? Oh my God. Yes, of course. I still have them every single time. Every single time I create something, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to like this. I don't know if this is going to work. But honestly, it's just this mindset of like, well, I'll feel the fear. I'll do it anyways. And I'll do my best. And my best is all I can do. And I think that's another thing about charging high end is that you can put more time and effort and energy into your projects because like you're being paid well. You don't have to be like, hustling and juggling 20 different clients at one time and scattering your creativity all over the place. You can hone it in and focus and really do your best work. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I just started, I, in the newest masterclass, I was looking back and seeing what was holding people back from just scaling their service-based business. And what I came to the conclusion is the people that I was seeing who were scaling their business were ones that still had the fear, but they didn't let fear stop them. And the people that were not scaling or not where they wanted to was because they were letting fear hold them back from their potential. And I love that you talked about, you still experience that. I still experience that with every campaign that I put out. And it's just one of those things that when you don't let it hold you back, that's when you can really scale your business. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it doesn't necessarily get easier. Like you keep charging more and then the bar gets higher and you've got all these amazing testimonials and case studies and you're like, okay, the pressure's on because if this worked for this other person, it has to work for them. And yeah, I mean, in a sense, it does get easier because you know that your system works, right? Right. And if it doesn't, then it's not necessarily whatever you did that isn't working. Like there's this thing I've had to wrap my head around is that I can do my best work, but if someone's offer isn't actually converting organically, then there's not much that I can do about that. Aside from saying like, maybe you should tweak this or do more audience research or whatever it is. I'm sure it's the same for you with Facebook ads. Absolutely. And this is one thing that I've had to start doing is I've stopped taking on clients who haven't launched their course or membership before because it does when something fails, especially with like Facebook ads where you're always the first person that gets blamed because you're the traffic source. Right. Yeah. And same thing with quiz. You're technically like the front end way that they're coming in. And I just found like it takes a lot of emotional toll sometimes on you when you've done your job, but their offer is just not good. And there's only so much you can do. And so for me, one of the things I've stopped doing is taking on clients who haven't launched or they don't have a proven offer yet mm-hmm. because I started doubting my abilities, which I was doing everything I can. Yeah. I have done the exact same thing and I only work with clients now who we know that their offer at the end of the funnel, it converts, it works. And they know enough about their audience and the different struggles and desires that they have that I can then take that and create something that is going to work. But yeah, it's a hard learning curve because at first you're like, oh, you want to work with me? Oh, you have an offer you've never launched before? but you think it's going to work. Okay, let's give it a shot. And then when it doesn't work, you get that like crushing feeling like it's all your fault, even though it isn't. It's just no fun. Yeah, it's not. I love this because I feel like we're talking about so many emotions that people don't talk about enough. And like, we all go through the same thing. It doesn't matter how much money you make a month, who you're serving, like these still come up, but there are things you can do to avoid those no matter what service you're providing. So I love that. Okay. So I know my audience is going to be really mad if we don't talk about quizzes. So (laughs) I heard your podcast with Rick, of course, and you talked about quizzes and I was like, Oh, my Facebook ad needs business needs a quiz. So I created this quiz and it would not be shanty approved (laughs) now that I've been through your course. 
because it pretty much was like, there was five questions, but pretty much, can you afford me? And that got you, yes, you're ready to hire an ads manager. And if no, then no, sorry, like tough luck. Now I know how to create a quiz, but let's chat about what are some ways that service providers or should service providers even be using quizzes as part of their funnel to get discovery calls? Yeah, totally. And the best way to do it is to reverse engineer everything. So the first step would be to look at like, okay, what are the common problems or the big questions that your audience comes back to you for again and again? Like, what do you want to be known for? What big problem do you solve? So once you've found that, you can sort of create your quiz strategy around solving that problem or offering like the first part of the solution. And then the second step is to actually look at, well, what do you have to offer? So, I mean, there's so many different types of service providers out there. Like we could take like a coach, for example, a business coach. So somebody, you might have like a one-on-one offer that's just like a two hour intensive where you solve one big problem. And then you might have a one-on-one offer that's like someone works with you six for six months and the focus is helping them make like 10 grand a month consistently or something like that. And then maybe you have a group coaching offer that's for those people who they can't necessarily afford to work with you one-on-one. They're just beginners. They need more of like the foundational stuff. So those are three different audiences, right? And three different segments. And you can use your quiz as a tool to find out like, well, what are they going to be the best fit for? And so you can reverse engineer it that way and sort of customize your results to fit the type of person that you see falling into each of those categories most often. And then by the time they answer the questions and get the results, you've got an offer to match and you can put them into the corresponding funnel sequence that makes the most sense or get them on a call and say like, listen, based on your quiz results, I think this is going to be the best fit for you. So you can do it that way and be super strategic about it. Another way of doing it is like just, you can create something fun, some kind of like fun personality quiz and have your segmentation based on one or two questions. Like it doesn't have to be based on the results. So that's another way. I have this one client and she is a business coach. She does group coaching. She does one-on-one coaching, but even her group coaching, it's like, it's not cheap. It's like eight grand or something for a few months. And her quiz is like, what's your it factor basically? And so it's like telling her audience, like, what is it that makes you different? Because a big hang up for them is this idea and this fear that, well, everybody else is doing this. What makes me special? Like, why should I be able to charge X amount if so-and-so has been doing this for so much longer than me? And so her quiz is really just focused on helping those people, like, own what makes them uniquely awesome. It's designed to make them feel good. It's designed to give them some of the first steps and the strategies that they need to break through those limiting beliefs. And 
oh my God, it just converts like a hot damn. Like she gets people on calls consistently just because they took the quiz and they're like, wow, you helped me to change my mindset around this. If this is what you have to offer for free and it's this specific, then I want to know what your paid stuff is like. That's awesome. And do you have anyone that you know that's maybe like a copyright that's doing done for you services? So virtual assistants, copywriters, because that's mostly who the audience is, is Facebook ad managers that are just doing that done for you service. Do you think that a quiz is also going to work for them? Yeah, totally. And I think with some, like with some topics, even with my topic of quizzes, it's harder to find that like personality angle, right? Right. Like what's your Facebook ads personality? I don't know. It doesn't have the same ring to it as some other stuff. So what I've done in those situations is more so focusing on like the strategy that they should use. So what's like the best Facebook ad strategy for you? One of my clients, she teaches other VAs and she's a VA. So her quiz is kind of like, what's your VA superpower? Oh, that's cool. But you could, if you were a virtual assistant looking for clients, you could do a quiz around like what type of the virtual assistant matchmaker, like take this quiz and we will find the perfect VA match for you. Like, what do you need from a virtual assistant kind of thing? Yeah, I like that. And then after going through your course, I've even thought like, I'm not really focused on finding clients right now for my Facebook ad business, but I still have a lot of people that go through this horrible quiz that I have. And then (laughs) now that I've been through it, I know that like the results were not the focus that they should have been. Mine's more like the BuzzFeed quiz that we talk about. And I was even thinking like, oh, I definitely should people who can't, why am I not leading them to like my affiliate programs that teach how to do your own ads? And I yeah. can make like much better result pages than I had. And then the other one, I could definitely beef up for a discovery call and get them to book on there, but just making it where it's not so BuzzFeed like. Yeah. Leading them down that path where the next step is, well, it's whatever you want it to be. But if the next step is for them to get on a call, what do they need to believe in order to book that call? And you can architect your entire quiz result around that. That's amazing. Okay. I love this. And then for those who are on here and they're like, I'm doing copywriting, I'm not niched down, I'm in the funnels. Do you think that learning how to do quiz funnels is something that's going to continue to be a trend? Yeah, I really think so because they're a form of interactive content and interactive content has been shown to convert like two times better than static content. It's one of the best ways to capture people's attention for a longer amount of time. And because they're engaged in the process and it's about them, their favorite topic in the whole world, they're going to get further along than they would with just your average lead magnet. Even like something like a webinar, somebody has to invest a lot of time into that. And yes, they will probably be like a qualified lead if they make it through. 
but that's an hour of their time. Whereas if you can like answer a few questions and get a detailed breakdown and result that speaks to you and your unique situation, then you've just built trust with someone in like five minutes instead of an hour. And then I would also, because I've been through your course and I know like now what a real quiz should look like, I would highly encourage anyone who is listening to this to get on Chanty's waitlist or whenever it opens back up because now that I've been through it and I'm not going to be doing this as a service for <laughs> anyone because now I see like what goes into it. But I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, before we even started this, I was saying that this is something that more and more service providers should get into because it's not just like throw up some questions and then you get a simple answer. Yours really takes you into details on how to create a quiz that makes people bookmark the results page. And I think that's been one of the biggest eye-opening things for me is for someone who wants to get into the service, you're not providing just like janky service. Like your quizzes, mm -hmm. I've been through so many of them <laughs> now that you've done and I'm like, these are so like you do a lot of research in the front end and then just the results and how you structure them is so much more than what I've seen out of some quizzes. Yes. It's, oh my gosh, most of the examples we have of online quizzes are absolutely terrible. All the BuzzFeed, like New York Times, which city should you live in style quizzes, those work great for content marketing and driving traffic to your website. If you know, you're making money off ad impressions, then by all means, go ahead and create the quiz of like, which Game of Thrones character are you? But if you're a service provider or a course creator and you want actual qualified leads on your email list that are going to take action, then so much more goes into it than just throwing something up and writing a two sentence result. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been so good. I know there's been so many takeaways, but before we end, I like to end with some rapid fire, if you're okay with that. Let's do it. Okay. So what is the best business advice you have ever received? Honestly, probably that relationships have the best ROI and it's worth, it's worth investing time and money and energy into building relationships. I agree. And I preach that all the time. Focus on those relationships and the revenue will come. So that's great. Okay. So what is the tool in your business that you cannot live without? There's so many. Oh my gosh. But I'm like quite a disorganized person. <laughs> and one of the only ways I stay on top of what I need to get done in a day is my Todoist app within my Gmail. Oh. So it's like, it just is a little box in the corner of my Gmail and I can type in like all the things I need to get done. I can check them off. I can set them by priority. And because it's in my Gmail and I'm in there all the time, it's different from like Asana or, or Trello where like you have to go to the other browser. It's just right there and I can just check them off and I would lose my mind without that. Oh, very cool. I will definitely, we'll link that in the show notes because I've not used that. Can't wait to check it out. And then what is the best conference that you have ever been to virtual or in person? Well, I am totally partial to the copywriter club conferences because 
I just love Kira and Rob so much and they're like the founders of the copywriter club and it's so much fun. Perfect. Okay. Well, Shanti, this has been so great, but tell my listeners where they can connect with you, get to know you more and any information you want to share with them. Yeah, totally. You can find me on my website, which is shantyzack.com. If you want to know what type of quiz you should create for your business, you can take the most meta quiz on the internet, which is which type of quiz will work for your biz. That's shantyzack.com slash quiz. And yeah, I'm on Instagram at shantyzack and Facebook shantyzackcopy. And you can email me too, shantyzack.com. Go for it. Awesome. So we will link all that in the show notes. And listeners, if you got anything out of anything that Shanty shared today, make sure to hit her up on Instagram or in her email. So just share the love, tell her what you took away. Cause I know that we all appreciate it when we share our heart with other people that we know that like it actually did something. So make sure to hit her up and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Serve Scale Soar family. That was such a good episode. I am blown away by Shanti, how she got started with Jenna Kutcher, and then the snowball effect that that had in her business and how she works on relationships. And that's the best ROI. I love that. She is my type of person. And I know that means that she is your type of person. So I just want to make sure that you reach out to her, give her lots of love, tell her your takeaways and go check her out. And if you are a copywriter or you think you want to do quizzes, make sure to head over, take her quiz funnel. And then when her course opens back up, I have been through it. I highly recommend it. It is so good. And this week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time. 